All right, so Preston, we are back. Uh, but before we begin, as always, guys, you know, we're on SoundCloud and iTunes, you know the drill. You know, the previous episode where we cover episodes one and two, that was supposed to be, like, longer. But apparently you needed uh, you needed it sooner to uh, put your, um, your, your promo in. I did, I did, I did. <laughs> you know, the reason I bring that up is because, um, and I'll tell this to the audience, Preston's always afraid you guys are going to call him a shill. Um, <laughs> but actually... You are, and I am too to some extent. But actually, I, I read your comment section. You don't. I do every I, now I, and then. I read, and I read some comments. I, dude, I, you read like three, and then you go like take a nap. Stop. <laughs> but but I read I read your comment section, and I actually saw a couple of people praising you for getting um, the sponsorship with um, with Audible, right? Mm. Well, it's like it's like they think it's like a legitimate a legitimate product, and therefore like <laughs> some some sort of like achievement of some sort. But uh, yeah, I don't know. No, uh, Audible is a legitimate product. It really is. It's a legitimate company. But I see a lot of people in your comments section praising you for you know getting a, like a legitimate promotion thing. So you know nobody's calling you a shill. Your fans are super happy and excited about it. By the way, speaking of your fans, um, some of them have taken up. Uh, because, you know, you're a persona non grata in a lot of Game of Thrones Facebook groups. Some of your fans have taken the initiative and basically started your own fan page, uh, Facebook fan page, you know, aside from your main page, the Preston, uh, Preston Jacobs Theory Posting Group. Shout out to them because they're fucking hilarious. What was the one? We were just looking at it before we started. What were you laughing at? What was the I, I was one? laughing that somebody posted a, a poll of which one of these theories is correct. And they have a whole mm -hmm. bunch of them. 1 plus 1 equals 2. R plus L equals D. D plus D equals T. And all the way at the bottom is R plus L equals J. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, just, I got a kick out of that. So, yes, shout out to those guys because those guys are uh, hilarious. So, uh, yeah, shout out to those guys. If you're a Preston Jacobs fan, definitely go join them. Um, yeah. So, Preston, let's get into episode three, The Long Night. And um, what more can we say about this episode that hasn't been said by everybody and their mothers, literally, uh, other than the, be the best way I, I could describe the episode and, and try to follow me on this. Yeah. The, better, the best way I can describe this episode is if, like, if you... Imagine, if you will, if you encounter an incredibly gorgeous woman. Let's say you're a single man in another, mm. in another world, another time. You're a single man, and you encounter this incredibly hot woman. Ten out of ten, your perfect girl, right? Who's not your wife. Who's, I'm sure, you know, it's perfect for you, but just, just you're single. You, you encounter <laughs> okay. the perfect woman, and then all of a sudden you go back to her house. Once again, banging body, you know, you have a great conversation. Everything's clicking. Uh -huh. And all of a sudden, you find out she's a Trump supporter. That's this episode. You think it's going to be amazing. <laughs> you think it's going to, well, for you, you think it's going to be amazing. And then, ah, uh, uh, it's not the worst episode this season, but, it's, but it is the most disappointing because we had such high hopes for it, for the whole White Walker battle. And there it is. <laughs> Am, am I spot I mean, on? Am I spot on with the whole Trump it's, thing? It's it's um watching it again. I guess I I had I had similar feelings the first time. Like there are parts of the episode that are golden. Like they're they're it's filmed really really well. Like Melisandre coming out of the dark is beautiful. Always like, cool. Like mm -hmm. you know the, the 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 lighting of the trench is beautiful. Uh, I mean once you insert it into a larger story, it doesn't make sense. Um, there, but there are some things that that I did appreciate. I thought the 
the ridiculousness of it all where where at the very end their bodies like just falling from the sky like that that the battles kept getting bigger and bigger and grander and it was like how are you going to top the battle of the bastards and the only way you can top it is by having you know bodies literally falling from the sky which i imagine they're falling from the dragon because they did cling they'd clung to the dragon or maybe they're just coming over the wall but it was just kind of this ridiculous scene that that the that the battle is raining, raining men, literally. Um, so I mean, there there are parts of, of the episode that I that I that I really like, um, and then there are parts that I just um, really loathe. Like I think the opening is a long shot, and I'm a sucker for long shots. But then they don't do anything with the long shot. Like I love a good long shot. Everybody loves citing Goodfellas with that long shot with the. Um... Oh, or or gosh, you know, there's this there's this. Um, insane uh thai fighting movie um with uh where the guy has to find his bait his pet elephant um, um i think it uh john is it tony ja he's in it yeah it's tony ja and there's this there's the protector i think it is in english I, in thai i think it's called ong bak and yeah ong bak yeah I, i'm aware yeah it. like it's it's a it's a ridiculous movie on 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 many on many levels and it's it's you know it's he does muay thai it, yeah, mm-hmm. he does Muay Thai. It's it's also a horrible plot in the sense that for some reason they make the villain um, this evil trans guy, and for no for no reason, just to I don't know. Um, but there's this long shot fight in the middle where he walks into this you know building and then climbs several stories like fighting people, and it goes on for like for like twelve minutes or something, and you know it's I love it. I love. The freaking long shot, or somebody showed me the True Detective one. I thought it was really cool. The um, the scene from from Atonement on the beach is really great, and then you just see this like pointless, pointless long shot, and I'm like, what was, what are they doing? Like it's just Tyrion goes and he stands, and then he leaves the scene, and then Sam goes and he stands, and you're like, this is this is a long shot? Like what are you doing? <laughs> it's ri- they, they were trying to do that. some cool stuff with it, and. I think I showed you the article. Like the guy who originally, I think, either wrote it or directed it, he wanted it to be more brutal than it was. Like he wanted Jorah to charge in there and then come back, and he's like half dead or whatever. Like parts of him is missing. He wanted yeah. to really sink in that this was like a, a a battle where shit goes down. But quite frankly, I think the problem with this battle, this episode in general, is that it felt like a dreaded episode from la- uh, that should have been part of last season. Like yeah. In order for the White Walkers to truly be like a, like a, an insane menace, I feel like season seven, instead of having seven episodes, should have had the the original ten, and this episode should have been the episode nine, or at least episode eight and nine. They really should have extended it yeah. in a way, if you think about it, because the reason everybody feels so shallow is that the White Walkers were dealt with in one episode. An entire series-long thread is just over with and done, and it really should have been the whole clutch of the entire season. Like, it really should have... Yeah. It, it should have been the focus of several episodes. Maybe Winterfell fell, and then they fall back to Mo Kalen, like, you know... Right, the and, there, and there, there probably should have been more loss, you know, rather than rather than just, you know, Jorah um, and Theon, uh, and, and who else, like... Dolores Ed, who isn't even a isn't even a B character, you know, he's he's down the list on the D list, mm-hmm. you know. He's background. He's he's not secondary. Yeah. He's background. Right. Like we didn't have a single A list character die. Like you know, you kind of feel like 
on, on when the stakes are this high, you should have had an A care, an A list character die. You know, a Jamie, a um, things like that. An Arya, Arya dying. I mean, really would have like set the stakes. Yeah. Oh God. Or losing something like I say, losing her arm um, or something. You know, some sort of some sort of loss. You know, but there yeah, was, there was none. In the books, doesn't Brienne at some point get like her face bitten off or something, or like her cheek? Yeah, um, yeah, you know, Brienne dying would have been something. Yeah, but she, you know, she does get her her, her cheek uh, bit off in in the in the book, and so you could have easily had that sort of thing. Um, and then who, who knows? You know, then you could have had like her. Um, see, now I'm getting I'm getting ideas for for um, my, fixed se- my fixed series. But um, then you could have a scene where Jamie's nursing her or something, you know? And, and then he's in, the, he's in the, the bedroom with her and he's nursing her back to health because she's gotten a, a bite out of her cheek. And then, you know, then one thing leads to another, much, much like um, Rob and, and Jane Westerling or something, you know? You never know. But, uh, yeah, that... Again, there, there, there are pieces. There are pieces of the episode that are that are very that are very beautiful um, and, and well done. Certain shots are are, are 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 very creepy and mystical. I mean, I even though the Dothraki riding off um, is stupid, stupid strategically, it was very creepy for them to disappear. And I have to say, it was it was very. I, I do congratulate them on resetting the mystery of the White Walkers a little bit, you know, because like you get to see more and more of the White Walkers. And then in episode in, in season seven, we see them full out and there's nothing mystical about them again. And you're like, well, now that we know what they look like and what they're capable of, is there more mystery? And they were, I, I do think they successfully reset um, the army, you know, reset our ideas. Like, you know, there was darkness out there and we're like, oh, what are they? And people ride off and then we just kind of vanish. And, you know, it's this it's this horror element. And, you know, I thought that was that was really well done. Uh, they were successfully resetting the mystery, which is difficult. And so I'll, I'll congratulate them on that. Yeah, but, I, I got to agree with you there. But I, let me ask you one question. Yeah. So the Dothraki charging in there was dumb strategically. I'm sure the showrunners and even the writers knew this, but is it okay to sacrifice dumb strategic dumb strategic plans where the audience rolls their eyes for the effect of the horror? Because the Dothraki riding in there and slowly disappearing, like the lighting slowly, slowly disappearing, I love yeah. that shot, but it was fucking dumb for them to charge in there. So is that a good trade-off, horror for... You know, smart decisions. I mean, I think it all. I think you have to look at 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 all of the. You know, it's it's a cost benefit analysis. You know, like like you're allowed to have people people allow plot holes if something cool comes out of the plot hole. You know, like you know you allow you allow a certain amount a certain leeway depending on how cool the you know what you get out from it. Um, so I think. I, I actually think that the charging the Dothraki and having them disappear like that was was you know kind of neutral in the sense like it was really stupid strategically it was a very beautiful scene and then it didn't it didn't amount to much because Jorah comes back and the Doth and many Dothraki come back so they do kind of ruin it in that sense but um, I don't know it was I don't know like I say you have to you have to look at the the analysis of it all. 
you have to you have to wonder if it's worth it. Like, am I going to spend this capital? No, because you know you're burning it. You know, you know that you've you you have the, the the suspension of disbelief from the audience, and you have so much to burn, um, and and so you ha- you know you have to you have to decide whether it's worth it. The one thing I think they should have really added in there was Melisandre coming back with at least some acolytes of of uh, the Lord of Light, at least. Oh yeah, one or, absolutely. Maybe two or three, and on the on the on the topic of strategic battle. Um, there's a YouTuber channel. I, I normally don't promote other YouTubers on here, but I got to give this guy a shout out. Invicta, I think I'm saying this right. Um, he has a video that has almost two million views. It's called "Improved Battle Plans: A Defense mm, yeah. in Depth for the Battle of Winterfell," and yes. it is a must. Have you seen this? It's a must watch. I I, I have I have. It's yeah, amazing. It. I recommend yeah. it to the audience. Definitely check it out. <laughs> no, I, and and I've and I've stolen a little bit of it for my. Oh uh, yeah. For my for my. Uh, uh, fixed series but you know not, not too much it's just kind of mentioned mm-hmm. that, that more or less it's it's his strategy and i like how you say like it does reset the mystery of the white walkers a little bit and even in the night king i mean Dragonfire doesn't hurt him so and not to mention you know they're using like the the the, the blizzard wind the blizzard winds the strong winds to uh counteract the dragons like they learn um, I think yeah. I, I think it was DVD commentary that I that I or an article that I read about how the only reasons the White Walkers started wearing armor is because of what Sam did. Sam stabbed it in the back, and then all of a sudden, they next time we see them, they have armor on. So they do learn. Yeah, I and, like and, that. And, and, and it totally prevented Arya's dagger from 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 killing the Night King. It was. Um... <laughs> No, I think it was complete coincidence that they started wearing armor. I do not think that that was intended by the the showrunners. You think, I think so? They were just like, no, that's what they I, said. I, I think, did, really? Yeah, that's what they said in one of the. I I don't know if it was an article or a DVD commentary. The only reason the White Walkers started wearing that like samurai esque armor is because of what happened when uh, Sam stabbed the other one, which makes me wonder if like. If the it night, didn't help at all. If, like, it didn't help at all. Well, I, like, I mean, it, 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 we, we never really get to see, like, you know, them fighting all that much. The only time we ever see them fight is in, like, Season 5, Jon Snow versus that one guy. Actually, no, in Season 7 as well. 7 as, as well. Yeah, yeah, so twice, meh. But um, it makes me wonder if the Night King really can, like, see through the eyes of the other White Walker generals that he creates. Like, the Night King himself, I love his abilities and the fact that they are able to give him more abilities and more of a mystery aura behind him is great. I just, like everybody else, hate that he was taken out like a like a punk bitch in this episode. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not a fan of battle droid, um, kill them all, like, kind of thing. Um, like, it's just... It's it, somebody. Somebody described it as um, it's. It's like a video game where you beat the boss and all the other and all the goombas like decide to stop fighting. Like that's not you know it's just not realistic that 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 kill one guy that he would make himself vulnerable. They even lampshade it. You know Jamie even says like, well you know if he's that vulnerable he would never he would never expose himself. And then they're like, well yeah he would because he wants to kill Bran himself. Why? You know that's. You know, it's ridiculous. It's like Hitler wanting to be on the front lines. Like, it's just not, it's just not, not something that would happen, you know. <laughs> but, you know, they wanted, they wanted some neat, neat little way to, you know, tidy up the whole situation. Um, well, to be fair, he, I will say I do like the aesthetics. If anything, 
the episode is basically a series of oh my oh never mind like like you get really <laughs> hyped up for how awesome and cool like everything is turning out to be and then there's always something that's so retarded that happens that ruins your enjoyment like the white giant coming in and like fucking people up and you're like oh that's so cool and yeah ah oh, leona kills and then him leona more yeah that was really <laughs> stupid oh my god the white the night king is gonna kill bran holy shit uh Arya kills him instead oh by the by the way by the way i might rewatch i caught something that that i, I didn't realize like how horrible it was mm. but like so Liana Mormont, when she's talking to Jorah in, in episode two, mm-hmm. he, you know, Jorah's like, you know, dude, you shouldn't, you shouldn't fight. Like you're the future of the house, you know, and and, you know, why don't you hide in the crypts? And she, <laughs> she says, I will not hide underground. And then she points to the ground, <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh God, like, why? Who would do that? Like, who would say, like, I will not hide underground while everyone else... And she points to the... Who would hide on... Who would, who would point to the... Yeah, that was, that was a ridiculously dumb scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know where all the other white giants went, but... Because uh, there were many. There were many, why, yes. Why would, would a white giant pick up somebody and bring him clo- bring him close to their face? Like, that's just... Yeah, well, not to smash her into the ground. Right. Yeah, do anything. Stomp her, ignore her, anything. Exactly. And that's exactly what I meant. Like, like, <laughs> this is a moment, this is one of those shows where it's like a moment of, oh, that's so cool. Oh, never mind. Th- yeah. This was the entire I, episode. And I do have to say that everything that happened in the crypts was horrible. Like, every single thing that happened in the crypts. Remember the major theory um, that everybody had for some reason that they thought, they, once again, cool. I don't know if this was one of the uh, fake leaks but there was a lot of people like really touting that the thing that was going to happen was that the Night King himself was going to reveal to be a Stark because mm. he came from a hidden door in the crypts and he slaughters everyone in there. I mean, that would be, yeah. I, um, I had heard that because um, there, there's, there's a long-standing book theory that, that the, the others are going to cross not through the wall or over the wall, but under it. But th- yeah, but under it through Gorn's way. So in the um, in the books, Egret um, spends a whole bunch of time like telling the story of Gorn uh, about how this this wildling named Gorn had had crossed under the wall through tunnels, and then um, he got lost. And so there were still wildlings living in these tunnels. He claims, you know, um, but but that there is a way to to go all the way to Winterfell. Um, under under the earth uh, through the tunnels, um, which you know points to uh, subterranean society during the old the, during the long night and all this kind of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, and so th- this idea is that it would be it would be quite a surprise from George if if the wall never falls, you know, no one ever climbs over the wall like like John has dreams of the others climbing over the wall. People people think that the wall is going to fall. Horn of Jormund. And that the, the, the way to subvert the expectations is that the others would, would come through Gorn's way. This random thing that Egret mentioned, you know, in, in, in season three, and, and that would be it. Um, so, you know, that, that, it, would be, it would be something, but it, yeah, no, didn't happen. <laughs> Dragon, dragons took down the wall, and, and uh, the others just kind of marched right to, right to Winterfell. Well, 
I will say, though, if anything, the episode was aesthetically pleasing, if you think about it. Because, I mean, say what you will about Game of Thrones Season 8, and even Season 7 sucking, but everybody is still on point with costumes, and, you know, I can't say anything about the lighting guy. Oh, I yeah. guess he was on break that episode, but um, everything else is still on point for looking good. Um, and not only that, when was the last time you saw medieval knights fighting the undead? Other than the Army of Darkness, Evil Dead Three. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it. I, I'm I'm fine with a lot of the battles. Um, you know, I thought that the stuff in the field looked pretty good. I even thought the stuff going over the wall was was fine, and and the close combat situation. Um, I kind of wish Sam died only in this only in this not because like I don't like the character, um, but John sees Sam. And then makes a conscious decision not to rescue him because he's got more important things to do. He has to take out the Night King. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I liked, I wanted that to be a sacrifice that John made. You know, like he sees his friend, he, you know, his friend is in trouble, and you know, he chooses, he chooses <laughs> to sacrifice his friend. I, I don't I know, thought, man. I, I just. I, I like what we did get. I hate to interrupt you, but I like what we did get, which is John comes I'm whimpering into in a winter... puddle? Huh? Oh, yeah. I'm whimpering in a puddle? He comes into Winterfell and he sees Sam. Sam's just like, ugh, ugh. He's like in a pile of dead bodies. <laughs> he just looks at him no, like, No, I mean, it was, it, was over the, it was over the top of, you know, this epi- the episode was very Sam Raimi, you know? Yes. Like, you know, like over the top ridiculousness, like extreme, like the bodies falling from the sky. Like and 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 I I like Sam being in that puddle, like being like, oh, my God, this is so fucking ridiculous, like wallowing in a puddle of blood and bodies. Like, but I just wish that there was there was some sort of cost for John. No, like of he, course. He, he abandons his friend, you know, and that's, <laughs> he gives him a look of disgust and just runs uh, off to go do whatever. <laughs> Now I do not think that him screaming at the at the dragon was really like well done. I think maybe if they spent more time like on John's emotions and him erupting in that, but I didn't think that it was earned that he that he that he would have realistically just like gotten up and screamed at a dragon. It's just it's just a lot of a lot of really weird dumb decisions. Like the dragon can really fuck up the walls of Winterfell with its fire, but it can't burn that like thing that John Hiding right. <laughs> right. It can knock down the wall. You know. Yeah. It. It. And like you know, in the last, in the in the final episode, we 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 see the the dragons explode the walls of King's Landing. But you know, if there's if there's a dirt pile that John jumps behind, you know, it's it, it's a magical jerk dirt pile because he's behind it. <laughs> right. You know. No, I mean there were a lot of bad choices. I think everything with the Arya story, like in the episode, was atrocious. Oh um, yeah. I mean, her first fighting is fine, you know. She's got her double-handed spear. She's Darth. She's Darth mauling it, you know. It's all good. And then all of a sudden, like, the tone switches, and she tries. She's hiding from 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 uh, you know the dead, which doesn't make any sense because she, she gets knocked the fuck out a little. So you know, they, they 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 knock some sense into her a little bit when she's trying to fight them all off. They are getting overwhelmed. Which once they they needed to they needed to establish that I mean they needed to establish her fear and this is the problem with Arya in general is is they'll they'll make Arya scared and and run and then they'll make Arya into this fearless badass you know and you know she's running from the waif scared as hell and then she's then she fights the waif you know or 
she's she's running from the dead and she's fighting the dead. Like she's fearful and she's fearless. Like off and on the switch goes. And there's nothing in between and there's no transitions, you know? That's just You know what the problem is? Aria. The problem is is that the writers they they don't want to risk um making this strong female character look weak as as shit. Like that's that's the struggle here. They want to make her human. But even but to make her human, they gotta make her look weak sometime. But they don't want to do that because eh, the fan service. So it's like a it's I mean, like a struggle and conflict. I I think you're playing up the gender a little too much because they do the same thing with Sam. Like Sam is courageous and then he's not courageous and then he's courageous and then he's not courageous. Um, you know, it's just it's nothing. Nothing about Arya makes any sense. Like I mean, she's she's. She's clearly my least favorite character. I, I, there's no, I've, I've never sugarcoated this. Like, I think she's just a dreadful, dreadful character. Um, I don't know why she's the favorite character of many. I don't get it, but uh, I don't know. Can you explain it to me? Do you, do you understand the appeal? I don't know. I think Arya is loved mostly by casual fans who enjoy that like type of tomboy, uh, always trying to uh, make her way in the world type of character, kind of like Sarah Connor or even uh, Ripley from from Aliens. You know, people gravitate naturally towards that type of character. Not to mention, Arya just stands yeah. out. There's a certain part of the male fantasy that enjoys that type of Arya character: the girl who doesn't wear skirts, the girl who doesn't want to be rescued by a prince. And a lot of people really like that. A lot of people really root for that type of female because it's 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 different. It stands out. You know, and it's a shame too because. You have characters like Brienne who really do deserve praise, and they barely get any of it. But you bring you bring up a good exam. You bring up a good point with with Brienne. Like Brienne is a great fighter. She's just as awesome, you know. Like she's, but she's she her character is consistent. Like it's you know she's honorable. Um, Arya is just all over the map. Like one moment we're supposed to be like, oh Arya, she cares about that mother and daughter. She cared about that. That woman in the uh, in the play, you know, and then and the next moment she's feeding people pies made of human flesh. It's it's all over the map. Like you just don't know what what she is, you know. Um, while you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess people like that. People just think it's super badass. I don't I don't know, but. I, I think there's nothing appealing about her. She's just so unlikable to me. Well, it's like my, my buddy Dave, who thought Arya killing the Night King was, like, the coolest thing ever. HBO appeals to the casuals who like that character. Um, I, like, I've argued for this uh, multiple times. I think Theon should have been the one to kill the Night King. I think he should have been the prince that was promised. And you could argue that he fits a lot of the criteria for the prince, I guess. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, Arya is just really, her doing it is just major fan service. And I, I guess it's subverting expectations since everybody expected Jon to do it. But at the same time, like, I, I can respect the idea behind it, trying to subvert our expectations. I can ex I can respect that, not having Jon yeah. do it because we all expected it. But at the same time, the choice could have been better. I mean, I, I honestly couldn't have thought, I mean, again, she's my least favorite character, but... Um, you know, I just thought it would be better if it were like Davos, you know, if somebody <laughs> Davos. <laughs> no, but seriously, like you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't have expected that's true expected him, you know. But he's at the same time he's like part of the story, you know, he's part of the John story, you know. Davos was fighting yeah. fiercely with uh, Bronzion Royce. Yes, he was. Yes, <laughs> off screen. Alice Carstar came in to help him out. That's why we didn't see her. Yeah. Well, like I say, she was she was off she was off playing with Ghost. 
like playing catch with Ghost <laughs> in the, uh, uh, you know, after he, after he came back. And that's the the whole like clutch of the situation is that the entire season itself, people may think it sucks and it, it was fairly bad. But it was aesthetically pleasing, with the exception of this episode. Things were too dark, characters didn't make any sense, certain things didn't make any sense, characters disappear or, or don't do it much at all. It's just... game. Of, this is weird for Game of Thrones to have an episode of this magnitude, but have bad execution on it. I mean, I hate season 6. Battle of the Bastards was fucking fantastic. And then you come to this episode, and it's like... They, they really dropped yeah. the ball, and that's the, and that's the major issue here. Like, the rest of the season... Once again, was bad, but was still aesthetically pleasing. Here, not so much. Everything is rather, rather gray and blotchy and dark. And the one thing they really needed to ace was like the dragon on dragon fighting, and that fell through as well. A lot of stuff here fell through, and that's the problem I have with it. A good idea, but very bad execution. The the the, the dragon versus dragon combat was horrible. The dragon um, versus dragon combat was okay. I just wish we could have seen more of it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't tell what was going on. It was just fast cuts yeah. of people's faces, and then, you know, I didn't actually see any dragons fighting. I just kind of saw a dragon wing, a dragon head, John's face, Danny's face, Night King's face. And some some stuff happened. I couldn't even tell which dragon was which. Which well, to be fair, someone someone on the on Reddit took the clip of the dragons fighting and actually brightened it up, like professionally brightened the fuck out of it up, and yeah. it looked really cool. From what I saw, it looked really cool in that that brightness. So, uh, it's just I I don't know what's up, what they were thinking with the whole lighting thing. I really don't know what they were thinking. That was atrocious. Yeah, so, so what 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 do you think of the dead coming out of the tombs with their super strength and and killing the people in the. Uh... In, in, the, in the in the tombs in the crypts. We were doing we were doing the the pregame show, and people kept saying like, "Do you think that's gonna happen?" And we both were like, "No, that's not gonna happen." Like they don't, like the you know they're bones. Like they don't have like that strength to like move stone slabs, and then they did it. And I'm like, and everybody's they like, "We they, told they you punched so." Punch through. They punched through the stone. Mm-hmm. Punch the wall too. We told you yeah. so. Well, we didn't think it would happen because that's so stupid. We don't wouldn't think they would do that. <laughs> I'm reminded the second time through I'm still reminded as well of the horrible Sansa Tyrion scene where they look at each other and then she pulls out the dagger and you're like are they going to commit suicide? (laughs) I was like right? (laughs) I mean the fact that like it wasn't just me like I talked to like many people later Mm -hmm. about it and they're like yeah no I was really convinced that they were going to kill themselves as well God, that would have been so fucking depressing. It's like it's like at the end of uh, you, you remember I was saying how like at the end of season seven when or near the end where where John where, where John is in bed recovering from from the oh. uh, from and I and he like just completely goes like limp and you're like oh my god did John die. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, every, and and the fact that I was like. Like, other people were like, I thought the same thing, too. I was like, oh, my God, John died. Like, right there. Oh, my God, they're going to kill themselves. It would it would have been insane if, like, Sansa went through with it and Tyrion just couldn't. He was too afraid. <laughs> I mean, no one died in the crypts except for some randoms. That was also yeah. very sad. You know, had they killed somebody, you know, somebody died in the crypts. Um, it would have been, would have been 
yeah, interesting. So, but, so the episode, yeah. I would, I would argue, it's not the worst episode of Game of Thrones. It's not. It, but it is the most disappointing because everybody had such high hopes for this episode, such high hopes, and it really just fell flat. Once again, it's a series of, oh, that was so cool. Uh, oh, never mind. That's this the entire episode for me. Like, like just really cool moments. And I will say there are some cool moments where I don't get disappointed. Like, like the the, the part the part where the Night King is walking towards Winterfell and Jon's going after him, and he like you know just turns around and lifts the dead around Jon. He won't fight him one on one. That was so I like that. That's so cool. Like he knows better than to take this fucking guy on one on one. Jon has killed a couple of White Walkers. He's not taking that chance, and he's gonna play dirty by you know ra- raising the dead. And I like that. That was a cool scene. Danny, you know, Dracarys on, on the Night King, him, that little smirk. Once again, that was pretty fucking badass. Like, there are some cool moments in here, but then you just have, like, eye-rolling moments, like Barrack just holding the door and, like, having that, like, <laughs> that Jesus-like moment. Um, yeah, that was a little, little heavy-handed. Now, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm wondering if if what you thought of the Arya dropping the dagger um, uh, scene, did you think that was clever, badass? Dude, you know the answer to that. No, that, that, that's the <laughs> stupidest fucking thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it's funny. Is rewatching it, I'm like, I, I'm like, she actually pulls the impossible. Like, I was seeing of where, where the Night King, where she's holding her dagger and where the Night King has her. And then she somehow drops it, and it moves, like, like it moves seriously, like, three feet to the right in order for her to catch it. Mm-hmm. Like, take, take a look at, like, the picture again. Like, and you actually think about it. She's, she's got her left hand going down, and then somehow, like, she's able to drop the dagger and from the, her left side and it somehow like falls down to her right side. Like, like gravity actually pulls it like sideways. <laughs> like it's not how... Preston, stop analyzing this so like intensely. Like oh my you're going to go crazy. It's dreadful. It's dreadful. Now, now, of course, they do a cut, you know, so it, like it seems fine. But like there's no way it would happen in real life. Like, you know. There's no, no way at all. You're gonna drive yourself crazy just 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 going into this. Like you really are. Like you really, like I said, not the worst episode. I reserved that title for the last episode of this entire show. <laughs> that that is the worst episode. But this is the most disappointing. Especially how the White Walkers just no questions are answered. I guess all of our questions will be answered in the Blood Moon prequel spinoff. Okay, fine, but. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's not the best. Empires of Ash. Oh Lord! Don't uh, even bring that up. <laughs> the um, I mean, I, I guess they were hold, they were they were holding it for for the prequels. Yeah, of course. The fact that nothing, nothing is nothing is answered, and that makes wild. sense, and and that really does make sense. It's just this really felt this didn't feel like the mid season, because this is essentially this episode is like the mid season, like you know, like yeah, 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 absolutely. So this this really should have been a dreaded episode. Um, and we should have had, you know, a couple more deaths here and there. Um, definitely Arya. Arya really should have gone. Like, after after this episode, she is just useless. In fact, someone was mentioning it. 
she doesn't use any of her faceless men abilities after in this entire season actually no 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 her her, her only faceless man ability is you know general fighting and and leaping out of nowhere you know but um yeah that's it no there's no there's no reason i mean it's funny to like you know go like it's the same with bran like to go across to go north of the wall to gain this like superpower and then not to use the superpower you know, and it's the same with same with Arya. Like she goes and she she learn you know she earns the superpower, and she uses that superpower to kill Walder Frey. Like that's what it was for. <laughs> uh. I mean, she could have. I mean, she didn't need to. The wine was poisoned. Like everyone probably would have drunk the wine. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, I guess she needed to impersonate him to send out the raven, in order to get everybody to come. But um, yeah, that's about it. She used her superpower to, like, send a raven to collect all the phrase. That's She trained for years for that. <laughs> so, oh. I had my fanboy goggles on when I first saw this episode. I gave it a nine. Dropped it. Whoa! I know. Jot it down to a... Oh, how the times have changed. Jot it down to a seven. Final verdict, I will give it a six. It really... It really is... The rewatch value drops. Yeah, uh, it really... It, on, on your fourth viewing, like once again, it really solidifies. It there are a lot of disappointing moments here. Well, you were, and you had high hopes for it. like no one. No one has high hopes yeah. for episode one, two, you know, four, maybe five. But like this, there is a lot of high hopes for the for the battle of Winterfell. We heard a lot about it from the leaks and all that yeah. stuff. It's gonna be crazy. You know, you see a lot of like leaked scenes, leaked images. You know, you get hyped for it, and then it just falls flat. Yeah. I mean, I, I just have to say that that I thought that, that Melisandre, like, did a great job as an actress. She was very creepy coming in. She had a good death. Um, the scenes with her were the highlights for me. Um, and I thought, like, the Sam Raimi-esque, like, ridiculousness near the end, I thought was also a highlight. Like, bodies falling from the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought there were some good visuals with the pit and with the, with the Dothraki disappearing. Um, but other than that, uh, total trash. Total and utter trash. Your final final verdict? <laughs> total trash. Total trash. Well, give, no, give mean, me a score. No, I mean, I, uh, I would give it a three. Ooh. Yeah, it's pretty brutally bad for me. It's just so many things. Like, at first, I'd be like, you know, it's like you want to be nice, and you want to be like, oh, it's not so bad. But then you start, then you start like, accumulating it. You start going, well, wait a minute. Like... Lyanna Mormont stabbing a, a giant in the face. Arya stabbing the Night King. Like, the whole crypt scene. The suicide pact. <laughs> um, you know, Theon dying for no reason. Like, Jorah just dying for no... Like, all of a sudden, like, perking his head up like a dog and being like, oh, Danny's in trouble. I've got to go save her and die. Like, because that's what we need to have Jorah do. Mm-hmm. Die saving Danny. Um, it... It's just, you know, disappearing characters. Like, it's just... Well, the, the, originally Jorah wasn't supposed to die saving Danny. Like, he, I guess he was supposed to join the Night's Watch with, with John, but I don't think Jorah would stand by and let Danny be stabbed like that. That is... No, I mean, if uh, anybody that still... I mean, he would have killed John immediately after. How, how, do, how do you... Just like Grey Worm. Just like Grey yeah. Worm would have stabbed John immediately afterwards. <laughs> How do you write Jorah's character if he survives? Just, how do you write Jorah's character to stand by 
and allow John to do that? Like, how do you, this is a man that has devoted a good chunk of the last few years of his career to defending this, this woman. Right. This is a this is a man who saw her walk out of a pyre. Yeah, and and yeah. how do you, how do you write that? How do you how do you make it? How do you make sense of this guy just being squeaked? who's who's seen who's seen the great he like Jora was the unique thing about Jora is he's there for all of like Danny's great moments of strength. all her miracles like her yeah like like her overcoming her brother and standing up to him, um, her surviving the pyre and losing her baby and like you know. Going through the red waste together, um, navigating Karth and, and and murdering a dude by by locking him out of safe, <laughs> um, uh, overthrowing the slavers, you know, like he, you know, he's there, he's there the whole time, and um, and then at, at Vastoth Rock again, like walking out of the pyre again, like, and so it's it's just ridiculous. It's yeah, no, I mean, you can understand why why he would. He would, he would, but then again, Grey Worm was there too. Grey Worm, you know, owes everything to her, to Danny. And, you know, he, and as do all of those Dothraki, they're all her, her blood riders, and it, it's there. For honor's sake, they need to avenge her death. But <laughs> I guess they're, you know, as I said, my, my excuse for why the Dothraki stay in Westeros is to keep John from coming back. They have to, uh, they have to be there. That's my that's my honeypot. I'm just surprised there are any Dothraki left after that fucking slaughter. People were trying to say like it was racist to have the Dothraki charge in there, and um, just to get rid of I guess the brown people, which I, I don't know. But they came. They respond. They, they came respond. Back. <laughs> they respond. Yeah. I yeah. like I said. Yeah. I I think I think a three is a bit too harsh. It, it's just. I, I think for a show like Game of Thrones, having an average or below average episode, which is what I would call this a below average episode, is atrocious enough as it is. Because this is supposed to be one of the best television shows ever made. And just having an episode that just not is, is not up to par with what came in the first few seasons is just really, it's just really a, a, a bad mark on the people involved. It really is. I mean, the thing is, just because something's expensive and beautiful doesn't mean it's not a piece of crap. I mean, there there are some really beautiful scenes in Batman v Superman. There is some really incredible stuff. It's, it's very impressive in Waterworld. I mean, you know, you, I understand there's the whole, like, we got to give them a certain grade for effort. But it's like, so, at some point, you're like, oh, my God, like, this is some high-quality crap. Like, it just doesn't work. Like, you're like, oh, he gave me a, a toilet made of solid gold that doesn't flush. <laughs> and you're like, it doesn't flush. Is, is, <laughs> like, is that what we're saying episode three is? A solid gold toilet, toilet that doesn't flush? Yes. Mm, I yes. like this. Solid gold toilet that doesn't flush. I like flush. this. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from, but I don't know. I just, I just can't. It's the writers. It's the showrunners. I, I can't. I can't. You know, everybody does a good job. You know, all the actors and actresses, costume guys, weapon guys, you know. Oh, the, the costumes are wonderful. But mm-hmm. Some of the shots are, are genius, are genius shots. And then some are ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's such a mixed bag. It's, and that's almost jarring. Like, if it were all crap, it would almost be easier than, than it being like having these incredible highs of incredibly cool scenes followed by an incredibly horrible scene. That's almost like 
weirdly jarring that you can have that that go go back and forth like that. Yeah. Solid gold toilet mm. that doesn't flush. I like that. That is that is this episode <laughs> to it. Yeah, you're right. You're not <laughs> You're absolutely right. But uh Preston, let's get to episode four. Okay, so episode four, um, I gotta say, is this is the episode where I feel like a majority of the fan base gave up on season eight. Well, it's it's an odd episode. I think well I think the Danny turn, which which happens in this episode mm-hmm. immediately, um, just soured a lot of people. But also, it's a very jarring episode. It, it, it's it's essentially two episodes. You know, the, the yes, recovery from Winterfell, too. and then all of a sudden, like the Cersei plot. You know, like taking on Cersei. Um, the first twenty minutes felt like it would belong in like an episode ten. Because, you know, like like I said, episode three felt like an episode nine, like a like a dreaded episode. Mm-hmm. And then like the first twenty minutes of this feels like an episode like an episode ten, like the closing of the season. You know, where, where it's the aftermath of the big battle and everybody's just kinda like relaxing and trying to, you know, come to grasp come to terms with just what, what just happened. Um and, and I will say they did the whole John and Danny thing well, um, for a little bit. Because at one point after the party, she comes to his room and she's like begging him, like, you know, don't tell nobody. Blah, yeah. blah. They did that well, I thought. I like that. But I do like uh, how you point out that she feels alone. And this is kind of by design because for some reason, Grey Worm and Missandei aren't allowed at the party. Yeah, that's what's really weird. See, had Missandei died as well at the battle, she, you know, then it maybe would have been more justified, you know? Like, like she... she Yes, they do mention Jorah. Like, uh, John comes in and he talks about Jorah. And, you know, but it, I guess it should have just been more explicit about, like, okay, like, Jorah was so important that without him, like, Danny is is lost. Of course, Jorah hasn't really been with Danny for years, so it's also kind of odd, you know? So, like, what what happened? What made Danny turn? What made her feel alone? Um I don't know, you know, and I think neither, neither did the audience. Had they established, because this is, you can kind of tell this is going on in the books. There, there's layers of it in Fire and Blood. But have they, had they actually established that not only are the dragons, you know, her children, but she's also connected to them, like, you know, mentally. Yeah. And every, it, every time each one of them dies, part of her mental blocks just fall and crumble and she just goes a little crazy over time. You know, had they established something like that, it would have made more sense. Now that uh, Viserion is 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 is, uh, is dead, and mm. Rhaegal dies in this episode, it's just and she's losing friends left and right. You know, her mental state is just going. And had they tied her mental state to her dragons, it would have made more sense. But they didn't do that. Right, but the or the order is off too. You know, you have mm. you have Danny supposedly going crazy at the banquet, and then her dragon dies. And then Missandei. I don't dies. think that was her going crazy. I think that was just pure desperation, because she does feel, you know, that nobody likes her. Um, she's used to everybody kind of bowing down to her. You know what happened in season one with the Dothraki, like revering her, and you know, um, Viserys getting jealous over that, and you know, the 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 Miranese people and the Yunkish, you know, all revere her as Mother Misa. And, uh, like, I, I see that as more as desperation than her just going crazy. Right, but they focused in on her with the camera, and they made it look creepy. And then this, and then Varys was looking at her suspiciously. That was so in, dumb. In, in order to, so, like, you can't say that, like, they weren't trying to betray her as crazy. They were. Um, they were. And it, it just didn't come off like it that. Just, it just didn't. It, and it was so sudden and jarring, and, and no one liked it. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an odd... 
So, I don't know. So, the first part of the episode is, you know, super sappy. They, they say their goodbyes to, to the dead characters, whatevs. Mm-hmm. And then you've got this horrible banquet. Just the banquet is just ridiculously bad all around. Um, I, I, I just, like, that stupid drinking game that they brought back that no one likes. Um, like, I don't know how the writers suddenly thought that this drinking game thing that Tyrion that Tyrion does is, like, good entertainment, that they decided to bring it back three times. Like, why? Like why? And, to, and to, to bring up that Brienne is supposed to be a virgin, like, her nickname is Brienne the Maid of Tarth, like, the Maid of Tarth. Like, I, I do like how you point out, like, <laughs> Danny's just sitting there having a sip of her uh, Starbucks coffee, and uh, <laughs> Varys, Varys just looks over, and he's like, oh, my God. She's standing, she's sitting there doing nothing. She's going crazy. <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere. His facial expressions when he's looking at her. Oh, oh no. I've seen this madness one time before. It didn't scare me then. It does now. Right. Like, it's just so stupid. It's like you, you, you backed Viserys. Like, like, and, and her staring at, at like, looking somewhere at a, at a banquet. Like, it's just, it's so, it's so out of left field. And then these... You know these stupid things like like Tormund praising Jon for riding a dragon when Danny has been riding a dragon for years. Like it's just so obvious. And well, he doesn't know that. Like I, you know, he it's Tormund. He doesn't care. He's drunk. He's in the middle of it. I, I'll I'll forgive that. Fine. And then the fact that like they bring back just a lot of shit that people have hated and made fun of. Like why do they keep having like Podrick be this sex god? Like why do they need to have po- like Tripod be the sex god? Like. Why does he need to have like? Why does he need to have bang fan service? But it, fan service. is it what fan? What fan was like? Yeah, Padre. Dude, that, that's that's like a huge thing in like the community. Like it, like it's it's fan service. Bringing back that drinking game. Um, I guess some people liked it because it was really fun in season one with Bron and Shay and Tyrion. I, and then was uh, it? the whole Jamie was it? Really I guess fun? I. Uh. That's the only explanation I have. Leave me alone. But I fucking. Jamie and Brienne getting together. I mean, that's also a bit of fan service because everybody's like been wanting it for a long time. I yeah, guess. no, I can I can get the Brienne and, and Jamie getting together. Like they needed to do that. Okay, mm-hmm. but, but Gendry getting Storm's End, a little bit of fan service. I wanted that. Sh- sure, that's fine. Gendry getting Storm's End is fine, even if he didn't kneel and all of that. I, it makes whatever makes some, you know some sense, but you know Danny being crazy, Pod like Pod having Menage a Trois. Like, all this, like, you know, it's just ridiculous. Like, people people died. Like, like they had the stench of bodies or whatever, you know, that, that the Hound was talking about. And the, first of all, the Hound's conversation with Gendry to start things out is one of the most nonsensical things I could, I could ever, like, imagine. Like, you know, Gendry's like, where's Arya? And he's like, oh, you're just trying to get laid. And Gendry's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, well, you should be trying to get laid. Like, what? Like, what? <laughs> What, what what are you saying? <laughs> like you're like you're like a shitty girlfriend, you know? <laughs> like <laughs> getting angry at me for, for for no matter what I do, Jesus. And then like Davos like telling Tyrion about like his uh, his thing with 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 Melisandre because he has no one else to freaking talk to. I mm. mean, why would Tyrion care? Tyrion doesn't know this story. Tyrion killed your fucking son. Like like this is like the the worst choice and then 
you know. Um, <laughs> he should have been talking about it with John because John is like, you know, John, way more. John knows Melisandre and knows what happened. He has some sort of history of things. Right. You know? Oh, God. It's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I liked anything. I don't know. Like, then the propo- then, you know, Gendry proposing to Arya. Which, well, once again, I guess, and it's, it's like poetry, it rhymes, because, you know, like, well, you have a son, we have a daughter, you know, we'll join our house this season one. Poetry, it rhymes, but... The, pro- eh. the problem is, is they blew that load when she, when she said, that's not you, to Nymeria. She can't say, mm-hmm. that's not me again. She can't keep calling back to the season one, like, over and over again. You know, it, it's just, it's just silly. Um, Jamie and Brienne hooking up. It was done fine, but it was done like they didn't have any good conversation. He comes into a room and is like, it's hot. You didn't drink. And then they, then they have sex. Like, over what? Their sexual tension, I, I'll, I'll also forgive that in a sense, because their sexual tension has been building for many seasons. So, eh. It was just so silly that they made mm. her like all ashamed of being a virgin. Like, you're in a society that praises virginity. Right. You know, at least in women. Like her nickname is the Maid of Tarth. Like you can't, you can't be like, oh, oh my gosh, she hasn't had sex. Like what? I don't know. Like it's not, it's not the, uh, you know, the, about the Breakfast Club trap, you know, that they talk about, where mm. for for a girl, like it's impossible because uh, because if you've had sex, you're a slut, and if you haven't had sex, you're a prude. Like that doesn't right. exist in the middle. This is the you know Middle Ages. Like mm-hmm. it's okay to be a prude, you know. But, oh, God. And then, well, then, I don't know. Go ahead, go ahead. And then everything shifts to, like, the birthright issue, which ends up having no impact on anything in the end, right? Mm. Like, John being the true heir. Like, everybody talks about it a bunch, and John and Danny worry about it a bunch. But it doesn't actually do anything, right? He doesn't want it. He, that, that, that's his entire catchphrase this entire season. I don't want it. Oh, it's an awful John Snow. I don't want it. Like, that's, the, that's all he says the entire fucking season. Right. But it's ultimately not the thing that tears them apart. It's not. It's just her coming out of nowhere going loco. Yeah. And, and, but her go- w- wanting to bring the world under her banner for some reason, but, which was never a thing they discussed. I mean, this is the thing is, is her going loco about no one li- no one loving her or john being the re- the real king does that cause her to burn king's landing down and if so how like i said that, that's why that's why like if i would have done this if i ever do a, a season 8 fix or whatever like that's why what i would do I would, I would have like all of her dragons add like all of her dragons dying add to her, like you know the breakdown of her mental makeup like it just it would make more sense that you know these dragons not only are they her children but they're rooted inside her you know like yeah. they have that connection it would just make sense because you're right it just comes out of nowhere the one thing that i i really didn't like going back at it all is like the whole like t- like you know conquering westeros and then the world like where did that even come from no. like that that's so yeah. new like like first off targaryen uh, focus on conquering Dorne first, then we'll go to the world because your family does not have a good reputation. With you know, like right. let's just calm the fuck there, down. There's a lot of jumps in motivation that come from nowhere. Right. Like like all of a sudden the Hound wanting to kill his brother. Like where the hell did that come from? Um, you know he's had his whole life to hunt down his brother. All of a sudden he wants to do it now. You know, 
had Arya gone first, you know, maybe it would have made sense, and the Hound was following her. Mm-hmm. But instead, the Hound is like heading to King's Landing to kill his brother. Like, why? Like, the, how old's the Hound? Like, fifty? He went like forty years. 40, 40 some years. To, but you could argue there was never a really good opportunity to do it, and I guess he wanted to go uh, uh, ransom off Arya first, and then that didn't work out, and then he quote unquote dies, but then gets brought back by uh, Septon Ray, and then he tries to live a new life. That can't happen, so he meets up with the Brotherhood, and they have a mission, which he makes it his own mission for some reason. Well, he had all the and, time before the events of of first season. Mm. I mean. The mountain doesn't do anything to the hound. I mean, they get in their little fight at the, at the hands tourney, but right. but other than that little skirmish at the at the at the hands tourney, like what like what would have triggered the hound into wanting to kill the mountain? Like at this point. Yeah, you're you're you had an idea about uh, that conversation with um, Sansa and um, the hound in episode right. four, had somebody, where like, he goes into his him, sister. Yeah. 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 You know, had they had something like a reminder of his sister or his face or anything like that, um, mm-hmm. uh, then you know, it would have it would have made sense. But it was just this jump, you know. And uh, not to mention, you know, you get into these like, it just gets worse and worse. Like once they start heading, it starts escalating. Like the ridiculousness of the episode escalates. Like at first, you're like, okay, this is this is really ridiculous. Like Danny acting funny. At the banquet is ridiculous. Okay, all of these right. people like leaking the secret, and it being this big deal and being you know is is ridiculous, and and then oh god, um, them uh, Tyrion and, and Jamie at the at the freaking inn with Bronn showing up, and like that scene, which has <laughs> just like. <laughs> ridiculous like wh- why Bronn is able to just walk into into Winterfell and like shoot shoot arrows at the queen's hand um and get away and like you know like what kind of security you got it just gets starts getting it just starts escalating and then you know they forget about Euron's fleet <laughs> so so this is what I wanted to talk about this, this the episode was was bad, but what makes it even worse is the behind the scenes uh, uh, behind the scenes stuff where David Benioff he goes, well, Danny kind of forgot about the Iron Fleet, but five minutes ago she was devising a plan on how to like combat the fleet, and it was on the map. Like, how could she forget it? Right. Like, it's with right all there of, with all of her advisors there. And what even irks me off is uh, what, what really irks me is that. Okay, what's the what's the director that you said is like has a hard on for like bringing back stuff from previous seasons uh, into the current? Uh, Berman. Um, was it was it Brian Cogman? Brian Cogman. The Brian Cogman. Right. Brian Cogman. Yeah. See, here's the thing. You're you're a huge fan of Roman history, so am I. And even in Roman, even ancient ancient battles and all that stuff, you would always send out a scout to 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 you know find out you know. Uh, troop enemy troop positions. If there's a you know a, tra- a trap coming, ambush, uh, you know right. terrain, all that stuff. That's just basic warfare. You, like you send a scout ahead of time to just survey the area to make sure everything you're walking into is like you know nice and solid. And we've seen them using scouts before in previous season, season one. Tywin sends a scout to count uh, Stark troop forces, and Rob captures the guy, lets him go. 
and then, you know, makes Tywin think he's coming for him, but actually goes to, to, to Jamie instead. Yeah. In season three, Danny herself kind of scouts out when the second sons arrive to assist the Yunkish. So they've used scouts before. Why are they not using scouts now? You said something incredibly hilarious that I will always love about season seven, episode one, when Danny like lands on Dragonstone. Mm. She just walks in there willy nilly. Right. Cersei could have sent an assassin with a crossbow and fucked her up right what? there. There could have been like ten people left over from Stannis. Like she should have expected some of Stannis's forces, and she goes walking in first. Like imagine uh-huh. just, you yeah. know, one of one of Stannis's like Castellan just stabs her. Gotcha. You know like. <laughs> And it's just, that's what really irks me is that, like, nobody uses scouts anymore. Nobody's using, like, you know, like, actual formations and, and tr- like, troop composite. Nobody's using any of this stuff anymore. They're just doing stuff. And they're just, like, this, the, the story and the script have to be stupid for the sake right. of getting Danny to go crazy, I guess. And that's the thing. I mean, even even with even with that stupid Dragonstone thing, that, that just overly uh, ceremonial, like, self-congratulatory fucking scene, like... Say Stannis was dumb enough to just leave, just take everything, like leave every, like not even leave one person behind. He packs it all up and leaves. Okay. In the real world, like some sort of fucking fisherman squatter would, would fucking move into that castle. Right. You know, and she would like, Danny would bust open the doors and there would be a bunch of like squatters, like in the corners being like, oh, (laughs) like, you know, (laughs) Using using a Stannis banner as a blanket, you know, and like, like there's there's no way it would be empty. Like it's just, uh, mm-hmm. there's just that's a mention. The one thing I've always bo- that's always bothered me is why did she even land in Dragonstone? Like if you look at a map of where Slaver's Bay is, it's like in the southernmost part of of Essos. She she would have to go west right. where she would eventually hit Volantis, and then. Right. Why wouldn't she just go to Dorne? It's right, right. there. She, yeah, she would have to. She'd have to consciously choose not to land in Dorne, where her allies are, in order to go there. And she would have to go like north. Right, and it's the same. It's the same here. Like, like Danny is choosing to go. She's choosing to fly a dragon over water, rather than taking it over land, um, where you know a dragon can like rest and eat. Like she's mm-hmm. purposely choosing like this this perilous task of of like going over water for some reason. You you think the reason is to protect her fleet from something, you know? But it's just no, she's just flying with it, you know. For, or she wants to be the scout herself. Like I don't right, which she does, you know, a pretty shitty job. But yeah, right. And of all the yeah, you know. <laughs> I will say this though. I, I I will say I do for 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 as long as they've been absent, the Greyjoys have always been kind of shitted on um, by the showrunners. The showrunners do have that bias. I mean, there's been plenty of like people complaining that the showrunners hate Stannis and his character for some yeah, reason. Yeah. And it, and it, it it does become apparent after a while. But the Greyjoys have always been shitted on, and I and I am kind of glad that Euron comes in. It's someone who knows how to use a, a fleet of ships and how to you know wreck wreck stuff up. I like that. I like that Euron is able to come in here and, and fuck everything up. But what I don't like is how he's able to... I don't like is how they make him almost invincible. And then at the very last... At the very next episode, they all they make him not as invincible anymore. Right. Had, yeah. had they, had they st- I mean, that's the, the biggest contradiction, right? Is, is that suddenly these unstoppable dragons are neutralized by, by scorpions... And it's like, okay, fine, we're gonna we're gonna accept that, and then you're gonna undo it the next episode, immediately. 
because... You know, it's funny. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, season 6, Episode 9, The Battle of the Bastards. Mm. The first half of the entire episode is the, the battle fire in uh, Marine. And it takes three dragons at the same time to uh, fl- fl- fire up the, uh, one ship. And it takes them like a couple of minutes. I don't know if you remember this. I it do takes them a couple of minutes to set it on fire. Come to this fucking episode, episode five, she just flies by them and Drogon can just sneeze and it blows Boom. the fuck up. Fucking all thousand ships are are in the same place and mm-hmm. they all get burned. They all get burned at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. It's 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 bad. Not to mention, you know, the the ridiculousness of like only being able to ca- catch Missande, but like nobody else. Right. Um, and and just the weirdness. So I will I will say that the diplomatic scene between you know between Kyburn and, and Tyrion. Um, that was kind of cool. I didn't mind I, that. No, I don't. I didn't mind the conversation between Kyburn and Tyrion. I thought I thought that was fine. Um, mm-hmm. But the weirdness of it is the whole, like, standing out in a field where it seems like they could be hit, and Tyrion walking to where he can clearly be hit, and, and being able to hear each other over, you know, these incredibly long... Like, if it's, if it's a short distance to be heard, why aren't they getting killed? If it's a long distance where they can't be killed, how can they be heard? And all of these things, like, the whole thing kind of just distorts space. And it doesn't feel right in that sense. They had a bunch of scorpions aiming right at them. <laughs> Cersei could have destroyed. Cersei could have ended this right there, but she chose to be a Charlie Chaplin mustache villain. And you know, I'm going to kill your friend in front of you. <laughs> and I'm going to laugh like it was so stupid. Just open fire. It's right there. Just right there. Just shoot her right there. What are you gonna do? Just aim for her dragon. And then as she's running away. You know, sending sending uh, the the men on horses to, to run them down. Like, what are you doing? Right. What are you doing? Like, the battle was won. You asshole. You had them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like a Bond villain at the end, right? You know, mm-hmm. like ha. <laughs> I am not rational. Ha ha ha. I love that. It, 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 I love how Austin Powers even parodies it. You know, like yeah. oh, he can't. Doctor Evil captures them, he puts them in there, and he shuts the door. You it's know, like, what are you I, doing, Dad? I, I can like, go to my room and get a gun right now. Like, <laughs> both shoot him. <laughs> right. Like, why? There's nothing. I mean, I'm looking. You know, I'm looking at the scene. Like, how many people does Danny have? She literally has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, twelve by. 12. So, so say it's 144 unsullied. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't think Cersei has more than 144 people? You know, the Golden Company. Just have them charge out charge, there. Charge well, out there. Anybody. Yeah. Like, or, or like all of your bannermen in the area, right? Like the, the House Stokeworth or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you have her surrounded. You, you have, you have, like, she, you know, there's this dragon, but you have scorpions. I don't know. But even, even with the dragon, I feel like you could get to them before they could get to the dragon. <laughs> and at least capture Grey Worm and Tyrion. Like, uh-huh. maybe Danny could get back. Maybe they get her back to the dragon and he, and he flies off. But you, sorry, you just caught Tyrion and you, and you caught Grey Worm or whoever, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just such a bad, it's just such a weird, weird scene, just like with the distortion of space. I don't know. I don't know how, like, they blocked it or thought about it in that sense. Uh. 
wouldn't you want to be a fly on that wall when they're writing this episode? Like this, because this is the this is really the episode. I, I've had several people like who read the leaks and some who didn't. Who who people who read the leaks were like, I'm not watching this episode. It's so stupid. I'm like, why? And then I get to it. I'm like, oh, that's why. And the people who 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 didn't read the leaks who are watching episodes with us, yeah, they this is the episode where they kind of gave up on Thrones. Like this is the episode that really pissed people off, especially with David Benioff coming out of nowhere and saying she kind of forgot about uh, the Iron Fleet. Like. Come on, dude. What are you doing? Right. Stop. Also, do you, do you think that the order went correct? Like, do you think they should have um, killed the dragon and then killed Missande? Like, doesn't it make more sense to have the dragon be the the uh, the ultimate? What do you mean? Like, have the scorpions fire on Drogon and then kill Missande? Well, I, I'm saying have Missande die earlier in the episode and then have mm. the scor- then have the scorpions kill. Regal later because Regal's a bigger Regal dying is a bigger deal, right? Right. I mean, Missande, yes, like she's that's Danny's friend, but this is Danny's war asset, right? And she has that connection to them, you know, she uh, quote unquote birthed them, I guess, in fire, so right, supposedly I, her child, like right, who, who is supposed to be more important, a child or a friend? But how would a Missande die though? So she's on the boat, and I guess. She gets impaled by a scorpion and Danny witnesses it. Then how does Rhaegal die? I mean, they could have, what they could do is they could have the ship, um, they could have the fleet uh, get, get attacked and then Missande die at sea then, then and there. Mm-hmm. And then later for treating, she has two dragons and one's too close and Cersei like opens fire with her scorpions and, and Rhaegal. So she tries one last time at Tyrion's behest to make a deal, right. get and, her to surrender. And then a dragon dies because of it. Then you have mm-hmm. more to blame Tyrion for because the, tr- the treating led to the death of a dragon. Right. What I would actually... Mm, see, because what I would love to do is have Vise- uh, Viserion die... Um, during the Battle of uh, King's Landing, you know that it would make Danny's like all of a sudden wanting to burn people up way more apparent. Because oh, yeah. if when when she when when there is a moment where she's fucked up everybody mm-hmm. and she lands in on, on, on like a building or something and she stops. If Viserion was there and she was about to stop and let it go, and all of a sudden out of nowhere large doors open on a building and like the scorpion takes out Viserion makes her go crazy she snaps it in there no more mercy that would make more sense oh, as would, to her it would turn make, it would make a lot more sense but I, I will I will say that that wouldn't be foreshadowed either but like like Danny going nuts over the death of a dragon in the battle would make complete sense but they they were for unfortunately they were, they were foreshadowing Danny going nuts over the birthright issue and not being loved Right, like that's that's the theme of the like the Danny theme for the season is she comes to in the opening scene she comes into Winterfell and 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 John says Northerners don't like outsiders, boom first hit to Danny's ego, N- then you get Sansa, boom second hit to Danny's ego, Jorah says why don't you make peace with Sansa? She tries to talk to him, boom it doesn't go well. Third boost, third hit to to Danny's ego. Then you've got the the birthright issue. Boom, fourth hit. Then you've got the, the, the banquet where no one's talking to her and they're praising John. Boom, fifth hit. You know, and then you've got like, you know, John uh, not wanting to have sex with her anymore. And and you know, that's another hit. Boom. And so you've you're they're building this insecurity, this insecurity over being loved and the birthright, and how, you know, they're gonna love John. 
and they're not going to love Danny and all that mumbo-jumbo. But then it switches gears. It switches gears to, to vengeance. Vengeance for Rhaegal, vengeance for Missandei. Yeah? And so now, we ha- now you have a completely different issue on why Danny's going crazy. Now she's going crazy, not because she's going to be loved, but because she wants vengeance. Um, and she, I mean, they try to portray it. I mean, she does have a conversation where she says, oh, if not love, then fear. But, uh, but the problem is, is you're muddying the water with Missandei and Rhaegal. Missandei and Rhaegal is about, is about vengeance, not love. But here's the thing, though. Like, Missandei isn't a big enough character in Danny's world to really invoke that. You know how you should have, you know how they should have done it in hindsight? Mm. Instead of Jorah dying in episode three, Barristan dies. Instead of having Barristan die back in, like, what was it, season four, season oh, five? Yeah. Have him survive until this point, and he dies defending her. And then Jorah's the one captured, and Jorah's the one beheaded. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they built up Missandei as this huge thing for, for, the, uh, for the end of the episode. And it would make more sense if, you know, Missandei makes more sense for Grey Worm's arc, I'll grant. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really make sense for, for Danny's arc. Like, Danny has lost close people before. She lost Eerie. She lost Barristan. You know, and she didn't go nuts those times. You know, she, you know, she, um, she kept it together. So, well, originally Jorah was supposed to apparently join the Night's Watch with Jon, so I feel as though you switch out Miss Sandy for Jorah or someone, who else does she have though, like, there's, she doesn't have a lot of people, switch out Miss Sandy for, for Jorah and her going fucking bonkers just makes way more sense to me. But you'd have to keep Barristan alive from like season five onwards. Right. I mean, this is, this is the whole thing, and, and I don't know if it's subverting expectations or what the plan was, but Danny is going bonkers for reasons not built up to. And right. John and Danny's relationship falls apart for reasons not built up to. Well, he's not into incest. He makes that very clear. Well, he's not really. He just he, he never says it explicitly, but I guess that's implicit that he's mm-hmm. no longer that he's no longer into the thing. Even though that in the books, you know, uncle, niece, aunt, nephews, you can definitely that can definitely be a marriage. Mm-hmm. But the um, yeah, they just they. They were building up to Danny going crazy for reason A, but she goes crazy for reason B. They're building up Danny and John having their rift over reason A, but they have their rift over reason B. Like they have their rift over Danny being too confident uh, in her in her rightness, um, and it has nothing to do with the birthright issue, and it has nothing to do with Sansa and Arya. It just has to do with her like conviction that she's right. It really does feel like a bunch of people writing a different script and trying to all mumble, just jumble it together. They had a they had a year, man, to write this all down and do it like right. They had a full full year of like just yeah, with professional writers, like professional not, quote unquote. With, I mean, <laughs> I'm just say, I'm just saying that like, you know, when this this gets me back to like, how did Arya survive like falling in the canal and like all these fan theories came out. And fan theories are just so much better than what actually happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's the same. Like, you can, you, can, you can put down so many great ideas, and I've heard great ideas on what they should have done on season six, and it's all better than, like, like it's almost like somebody went out of their way to make it bad. How could you screw it up this bad? 
you know, they really should have brought George in for the final season. At least bring him in. Like, what is what else is he doing? Like, besides attending Comic Con and random ass places, and you know, attending HBO meetings for them to make another one of his series, a, a, one of his books, a, a series. Like, they really should have brought George in to like you know check the script and see what was going on with it. Um, it was a final season. Why not? You know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. Uh, well, regardless, <clears throat> the episode four, everybody says it's one of the worst episodes. I wouldn't say it's one of the worst episodes, but it is pretty bad. Yeah, we forget. It, 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 we forget you know, people forget how bad certain episodes are. <laughs> in, season, in season six. Especially season six, there was a bunch of episodes that were super awful, super terrible. Um, at least this one. At I least know, it's entertaining. It's, like you're never, I guess. I'll, I'll grant that you're never bored in this episode. Like It's just a lot of shock, one, one thing after the other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do remember when 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 it ended, it being pretty shocked that Regal died and the Sande died. Like mm-hmm. you know, I remember I remember you texting me and being like, "Oh shit, this episode was brutal," which is you know that was your initial. Um, it was a brutal episode. I mean, the way yeah. Regal goes out, like he he is severely fucked up, and Masande going down in such a brutal manner, like that was vicious. When the mountain just beheads her like that, that was a brutal brutal episode. Uh, but also brutal in terms of writing because it was just so kind of meh. <laughs> <laughs> there was just a lot of random shit. Like, God, I just remembered like the random scene where where uh, the Starks have an intervention for John at the Tart Tree about Danny, and you're like <laughs> intervention. Yeah, you're, but you're like, where did that come from? <laughs> Brand's just there. It's his decision. <laughs> okay. I've got to tell you something. Why Why would you just told, they just told you that they hate your girlfriend, and now you're like, I need to tell you something. I'm, I'm actually the real king, and you, I'm giving you another reason to hate my girlfriend. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, oh God. God. John's, John is a stupid asshole. Oh, and the other big thing was... Um, was uh, one of the reasons I actually did really like this episode. Ten out of ten is because it's the last appearance of Gilly. Thank fucking God. But um, John oh, doesn't pet Ghost, which was like a huge scandal. Oh like God, a huge yeah. scandal. Well, of course it was because it wasn't his real goodbye. It was already right. written in that he was going to come back. He mm-hmm. has a, he has this like long goodbye with Gilly, with freaking Gilly, you know, and then nothing with Ghost. And you're like, what? <laughs> when did when did John have this like long relationship with Gilly? I right. Okay, <laughs> but it was Gilly's. It had to be Gilly's curtain call. Mm. Oh God. Oh, 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 oh. Or I'm also reminded that that uh, I think uh, Varys and Tyrion have to like badmouth Danny like twice in the episode. They have like two identical scenes of them like badmouthing her. Like what? <laughs> Tyrion's just an asshole. Really, he's he's like the worst hand of the king or hand of the queen, or he's he's the worst right hand I've ever seen. Oh, it was really bad. It, it's a far cry from Tyrion season two, when back when it was written by George R. R. Martin, they were following <laughs> the Clash of Kings. But he's just so awful. He's just so bad, so bad. But it's not oh, as God. worse as Cersei being the bad guy. Just and for they the sake go through, of it. and they go all through that stuff in season in episode two about how important it is that they save Tyrion's brain. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> We need to preserve Tyrion's brain. You need to you need to go down into the crypts because we need to preserve your brain. For You're very important. Wolf. For what? For what? So that you can convince John later to kill you? Like what the fuck? <laughs> 
Preston Tyrion needs to be saved. Come on, man. It's not your decision so, to make. So, it's not so, your call. It's not, it's not your choice. It's not your decision to make. You need to choose. Oh, God. They gotta save Tyrion's brain. It's so stupid. <laughs> they've gotta save, got save Tyrion's brain. It's the most important brain in the world. See, and, and, and that's playing on the audience's uh, love for Tyrion in the earlier seasons. Because if you think about it, ever since season five hits, Tyrion doesn't do anything. Season five, I actually really did enjoy. But if you, if you go back to it, Tyrion's season five onwards doesn't do much. Remember all of season six where he just sits around making jokes with Missandei and Grey Worm? Oh, right. That and goes this, nowhere? This, this, is, this is after him, like, presenting himself to Danny. At, at yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the gift. I am the gift. Yeah. Oh, I am the gift. And your enormous brain, your enormous, incredible brain that needs to be protected because it's priceless for all of your great ideas, like not attacking King's Landing. Oh, God. Ugh. That's what I was Ugh. thinking about the other day. Like, if you think about it, Tyrion season one, uh, season two, definitely, a, a bit of season three, and, and a good chunk of season four, uh, great character. But at, when season five hits, when he just is like all depressed and whatnot, he's making the trek uh, to Marine with Jorah, and, you know, season six where he just sits around, season seven where he just gives bad advice throughout the entire episode. Right. I mean, he, get, like, he gets he gets, he gets Jorah grayscale mm -hmm. um, because Jorah has to freaking rescue him. That's right. Then he, then he like, uh, convinces Danny to send Jorah away. Bad move. Then he... He... Fails to make peace with the slavers, so Danny has to rescue them. Mm -hmm. Then he comes up with a really crappy plan for battle by not attacking King's Landing. Then he like has this like brilliant uh, assault on 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 Castle Rock that's pointless because because they abandoned it. Um, oh God, it's just he does nothing. He does he does absolutely nothing. If you think about it, Tyrion is also uh, makes sure that uh, Westeros is almost severely fucked because had they attacked King's Landing originally, they would have deposed Cersei and Danny would have kept most of her forces, the Tyrell, the Martell soldiers, uh, her right. own Greyjoy fleet. Maybe she could have even gotten uh, Euron on her side or killed Euron and gotten the rest of the Iron Fleet who followed Euron on her side. Her army to fight the dead would have been much bigger, I guess you could call it. It would have been yeah. like, you know, huge. <laughs> she would have had all three dragons to go in there because you know, undead uh, Viserion really messed up Winterfell. It's just well, just... I mean, they they wouldn't have, they wouldn't. Well, I mean, I guess Tyrion did say don't go north of the Wall, and she went anyway. So I, I suppose he had one good piece of advice that wasn't followed. <laughs> one piece of <laughs> he had one good piece of advice. The let one time, let, the let one time she doesn't follow it. It's just mm. <laughs> oh god. I think I think we've I think we've talked this episode to, into the ground. <laughs> more so than it already has been uh guys thank you for joining us on this episode tune in next time when we'll discuss when we'll discuss episode five and six and close out our season eight review and i know a lot of you guys have been asking for it we will get back to fire and blood after we are done with season eight don't worry i got you guys covered but as always thank you so much for watching thank you preston for joining me of and course. we will see you all next time have a good one